0: You are now entering the Cloud Controller audio blog, a blog designed to help small business owners better understand the everyday complexities of small business finance. Now, introducing your host out of Omaha, Nebraska, weighing in at 185 pounds, a height not over six feet tall, entrepreneur, number nerd, small business lover, and die-hard Chicago Cubs fan, Sean Meyer. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me on the Cloud Controller Inc. audio blog. A blog designed to take the complexities out of small business finance, if that's even possible. Today's blog, we're going to be talking about accountant versus bookkeeper. What's the difference? The special audio blog author's excerpt before we jump in here. Wrote this blog. um, You know, it could be just because I work in the industry, but to me it seems a, a lot more Uh, people forget to segment the accounting industry uh, compared to other professional services. Similar to attorneys, we all understand what attorneys do. They they deal with legal issues, but they're not all the same niche. You're going to have your marriage attorneys, your patent attorneys, your criminal defense attorneys, all sorts of different attorneys that specialize in a different area and, uh, attorney you're going to want to get for your situation um same goes with a doctor obviously you don't want a uh, a heart doctor working on your uh, foot surgery or whatever way you want to plastic surgery whatever way you want to look at it um they're going to be better at it than the average bear but at the same time it's something that you want a specialization in um and it, i feel like accounting everything gets lumped together Uh, If you deal with numbers, you're you're a number nerd and you can do everything with numbers, which the same goes with uh, attorneys. You know, accountants are going to know more about taxes than the average bear, but some accountants do not like tax. They focus on financial accounting and they do not like tax accounting, which if you don't work in the industry, it's hard to know, but they're two completely different beasts. We got financial accounting as principles and, applying logic to numbers while tax accounting is law Uh, it's made up by the tax courts by the irs but it's by congress i guess essentially is where tax is made but it's it's law uh if you work in it long enough you do understand some underlying logic and how the irs works but um it it is a completely different uh aspect than just your normal number with financials and that so That's really the main reason I wrote this blog, just to describe the different segments of accounting and how it really isn't fair to some accountants to lump them all into one specialization. So once we get going to this, I hope you understand the differences between the different segments in this industry and help you going forward with your business and knowing what to look for when you hire for a uh, specific task. All right. So jumping back into the blog here, we got, again, accountant versus bookkeeper. What's the difference? Uh, Not sure if you should hire an accountant or a bookkeeper. Small business owners start their venture to do what they love. For most, accounting and bookkeeping falls outside the love classification and closer to the dislike, loathe, life would be complete if I never had to deal with again classification. Something I'm sure everybody can relate to there. Uh, This is where the rare breed that enjoys this type of work steps in. It takes a special individual to enjoy this type of work. And that is okay for me to say as I was unfortunately born into this life of enjoying numbers and making nerdy accounting jokes. Once a business gets started, they quickly realize the importance of record keeping. Some are fortunate enough to have a staff member that is qualified to take care of this, allowing items to be taken care of in-house. The majority, however, has to venture out and obtain an individual to take care of this. Historically, this has meant hiring a part-time employee or finding a local accountant to outsource this responsibility to. And although this practice isn't completely dead, today's technology has opened doors that weren't available in the past, creating a new breeding ground for freelancers and virtual accountants or bookkeepers. Are my too small for an accountant or too large for a bookkeeper? Wait, they're the same thing, right? Accountants, bookkeepers, CFOs, controllers, comptrollers, CPAs, enrolled agents, number crunchers, tax guys, whatever you want to call them. To most, the titles included in this list all carry similar definitions. I mean, they all just deal with numbers and financial statements, right? Yes, but as your operations continue to grow, you will realize the importance and unique skill set each different specialization can bring to the table. Different types of number people. Um, So, before we get into the blog again here, I just wanted to throw this in. This is what I mentioned in the beginning here. Uh, We're going to cover all segments of, or not all segments, but the most commonly used segments in the accounting industry here. Uh, It's going to be a mixture of titles and certifications, but I think it will give you a, a good idea of the different segments to look for. So, jumping in first here is the accountant Arguably the most common title used for all individuals and positions in this field, it has grown to the point that if you deal with numbers, you're an accountant. While this is generally true and acceptable for simple conversation, it is important to remember that many subsets have branched off from this one bag term. When used properly, an accountant is actually somebody who analyzes data entry and ensures that all accounts appear to be in line. Uh, from there, they, they will be the ones that historically have uh, created financial statements and provide analysis to individuals up the chain. In short, accountants tend to look at the bigger picture. Uh, again, that's, that's kind of a historical definition, um, The really what has differentiated accountant and a bookkeeper. In today's terms, it seems like that has moved over to the CPA category, and an accountant really has merged with a bookkeeper, which I'll, I'll describe next. But you'll, you'll see how they are um, they're very closely related. Um, it's, it's why it's no surprise that these two terms are used synonymously with each other. Um, so jumping into the bookkeeper definition here, A bookkeeper generally does not have the qualifications, knowledge, or skill set that others in this list will have. Uh, I say say generally. um, Really, I I meant historically they have not had this. Um, Today, the bookkeeper position has continued to become taken over by qualified individuals that have opened their own business, (laughs) such as a cloud-based accounting firm, and bundle bookkeeping with other services that they provide. Traditionally, a bookkeeper is responsible for data entry while an accountant produces the final statements after review. I also think a big part of this has been the emergence of uh, advanced accounting software, whereas bookkeepers, they just got to know how to do the data entry and then it's not hard for them to create the statements. Uh, The software in place, as long as the data is entered correctly, you can print reports or financial statements rather quickly uh, to where you don't need uh, an accountant to create these reports. Again, the, the catch-all with this is it is important to have a bookkeeper that's put in the right data entry so these reports are properly produced. Um, if you had a bookkeeper who you, are not, uh, you don't have full faith in, it might not hurt to have somebody like an accountant look them over before Producing the final statements uh, before you pass them out to third-party stakeholders, such as a creditor, investor, whatever it may be. But if you have a bookkeeper that understands what they're doing, that's doing it properly, it's really a one-person process anymore with uh, online technology and, or accounting technology, which is a lot of times online anymore. Um, so we'll move on to the next now, the Chief Financial Officer, CFO. A CFO is essentially an advanced accountant. The CFO also looks at the big picture, but they are generally responsible for decision making or strong recommendations. The primary duties for a CFO include monitoring cash flow, financial planning, really just serving as a a manager or a a chief executive uh, personnel for the finance department. To me, A CFO in small business, it's not going to be as common with what an actual CFO will do. Um, A CFO in small business, they'll generally handle everything. They'll likely be your bookkeeper all the way up to financial advisor simply because a small business doesn't have uh, the business, I guess, to segment a lot of different personnel for this one role. Once you get into corporate and larger companies, you'll have a CFO that they won't obviously won't be doing bookkeeping. They probably won't even be managing the accountants or anything. They just they focus on their duties of monitoring cash flow, financial planning, seeing what's going on with the financial aspect of the company, and then making recommendations, whether it be to your CEO, board directors, or both, um, in some circumstances. So a CFO, like I said, in, in small business, it can be uh, widely used. Sometimes it's uh, just for a, a fun title, a cool title uh, to attract talent, which makes sense. I mean, sometimes yeah, you definitely have to do that. But it's it's hard to see somebody perform actual CFO duties. I guess it's hard to say it that way, but it's hard for somebody to be their own or to have a own separate CFO Um, It doesn't do anything else, I guess, such as bookkeeping or payroll or some other sort of uh, accounting task in a small business just because there simply isn't the business or uh, profits to justify that. Moving on to the next, something you'll see a lot more common, in my mind, is kind of a small business CFO, or really is a small business CFO, but that is that of a controller. A controller is an individual who oversees the accounting department Usually right underneath the CFO, as in larger companies or publicly traded companies, they supervise and ensure financial statements are being prepared properly. Um, After this, they uh, provide feedback to the CFO and oftentimes or most times will serve as an advisor to that CFO. Individuals in this position, they're well-educated, they see everyday kind operations. This just makes them a valuable source of feedback and opinion to upper management. Um, it's kind of why I do the bookkeeping with all my clients. I think it's important when you're entering the transactions. It, it really helps analyze the company information. You're seeing every transaction. You're inputting every transaction. You really, you just have a bird's eye view on everything that's going on. It's easier for the analysis. Financial statements are great. You look at them, and you're probably going to be able to track back to where you're looking for. But really, just when you make your own entries, you're, you're doing a continuous analysis, an ongoing basis, looking at their financials every day. And to me, this is something a controller will do, either in a small business or a large company, um, that's why I, I think a controller really is a CFO for a small business. Again, it's somebody who they're taking care of the accounting task, whether it be they're supervising or completing them themselves. And then they're serving as an advisor. Uh, in a, a larger company, it's going to be an advisor to the CFO. In a small business, it's going to be an advisor to management, the the ownership, who really takes on all executive roles in a small business. So I think a controller is... Uh, essential to have very important for small businesses um you know somebody who can qualify as a controller somebody who has the education to be a controller whether it be i mean i think you pretty much have to have an accounting degree a bachelor's degree to be a controller and then um you know going on to either having a master's in accounting or in my mind something even uh, better that enhances their skill set would be having an mba uh with a with a bachelor's degree in accounting you have you understand accounting it's i I have a uh, an MBA with an accounting concentration, and I really didn't learn too much further in the master's program uh, for account- accounting standpoint. I guess for the most part, some tax I did, but uh, accounting really after the uh, the bachelor's level, it uh, it doesn't really get a more or too much more intensive there. But an MBA can really hone in on the analysis, and combining that with an accounting education, I think it's a a very dangerous duo that can help uh, help out any company. Moving on to the next, a comp-troller. A comp-troller is equivalent to a controller, with the only difference being that they work in non-profit or governmental accounting. Obviously, the similarity just in the pronunciation uh, oftentimes will mingle these two together, which at the end of the day, it's really not a big deal. As I mentioned, a controller is just for a profit industry, and a comp-troller is non-profit or governmental accounting. Uh, which nonprofit or governmental accounting, that's also a different breed. Um, in my mind, that's you really got to specialize in that. Um, I know me personally. i I understand it. I've dealt with it, but I just don't like it. I stay as far away from nonprofit or governmental accounting as I can. Um, I, I as of right now we don't have any nonprofit or governmental accounting clients in cloud controller Inc simply because we've had the opportunity but just simply because we don't fully understand it and I don't think the analysis that we provide really goes well with them you know it's a non nonprofit or government although they are looking for other source of revenue and they still do try and make margins off of what they do um, as the name implies they're not profit companies so I don't think we can just you know you don't have a a profit advisor, um, transition well into a nonprofit and their accounting is just different too. Um, you know, it's just the way they present it and everything. So that's why they have this specialization of a comp troller. Um, but at the end of the day, a comp troller and a controller do the same thing, just different. Uh, it, it really depends on if it's for a profit or a nonprofit company. So I, uh, I do have much respect for the comp, thrillers as they uh, they take care of all the nonprofit and governmental accounting which uh, they can I'll gladly let them have and uh, I'll I'll stay as far away from it as possible. Moving on to the most popular title in this series and in accounting in general, the certified public accountant, also known as a CPA. A CPA is an individual who has fulfilled their state's education and work requirements while also passing a rigorous exam. There is no doubt that a CPA has advanced knowledge in the accounting industry. However, a common misconception to this title is that all CPAs are financial and tax accounting experts. I'll take a quick break from the blog here. This is where I really... I guess really the main part or main point I wrote this blog, a CPA to me is just like say an attorney, you know, you're, you're an attorney. It's, that's all you are. You're just an attorney. A CPA, obviously has a little bit more of a, um, you know, less or a mo- little bit more of a niche behind it, but a CPA, they don't necessarily like financial and tax accounting. As I mentioned in the beginning that these are two different beasts And in my mind, it's just, it's unfair to CPAs on this. Um, If you don't act like you know financial and tax accounting as a CPA, you pretty much get shunned. You get shunned and people treat you like you're not a true CPA. Um, A lot of times this will happen in family and friends. If you're a CPA, you could work at an accounting firm in the auditing department, deal with auditing all the time. But then when tax time comes around, your family and friends feel like uh, they can turn to you for all tax questions. And like I said, CPAs, they they feel like they have to answer them or else they get shunned. So I just, I don't think it's fair to them because, you know, to some tax isn't their thing, to some financial analysis isn't their thing. And trying to combine the two just um, isn't fair, puts them in a a bad spot where they have to act like they enjoy tax and understand tax, where realistically, I, and I'm not saying this in a, with any malice at all, but some CPAs just, they simply don't no tax because they don't want to know tax yes you gotta know some tax to pass the cpa exam um it's mostly a, a regulatory portion of it but cpas um yeah, and it could just be the ones i know but every cpa i know they they enjoy financial accounting um you know this doesn't mean that they're not going to help out on a tax return or two during the busy season or if they're a tax accountant uh helping out on an audit in the slow season but the CPA designation simply is too vague. and doesn't do well as showing a specialization. So this is something I think that, you know, it's obviously, it's not going to be next year. It's not going to be three years. It, it might be 10, 15 years down the road, but I, uh, I think it's coming. Um, and I'll explain this a little more as I, uh, go through the different certifications here, but a CPA, I think there's got to be a specialization, you know, to where it either says CPA tax, CPA audit, CPA financial analysis, whatever you want to call it. A CPA just it's too vague. Um, you know, you can study, pass the test, pass the work requirements, but you really, you know, to become an expert in a field, it's hard to uh, to do something you don't like to do, and a lot of times a CPA. They, uh, they, they don't go into it for tax, and yeah, you know, I'm not saying you don't have uh, people that will understand both sides of it. Um, there's, there's plenty of them out there that do like financial and tax accounting. Um, more power to them. That definitely that gives them a skill set that's that's hard to match. But really, the the point of this I just want to uh, get across is that when you're talking to a CPA, just ask them if they you know what their specialization is. I bet you more often than not, they'll greatly appreciate that Uh, if you ask them, you know, do they like tax or do they like a financial analysis? What do they prefer? And that way you're not getting into uh, something that you don't want to be getting into. Whereas you need to hire some man for tax. You're not up front. You just assume there's CPA. They enjoy tax. They get in there and you start explaining what you're looking for. It might not be the best fit. Um, It's a lot harder to retract from that as opposed to just asking up front being honest or not honest but just being upfront with it I guess and telling them what you want and not assuming that CPA is like both of them All right so moving up to the next here on the exact opposite of a CPA is a enrolled agent and by exact opposite I mean enrolled agent is a very specialized certification An enrolled agent is somebody who specializes in tax and can represent any taxpayer in any jurisdiction of an audit. Education and work requirements definitely aren't as rigorous as a CPA, but they do have to pass a three-part special enrollment examination that concentrates solely on individual and business tax along with client representation. Um, I say education and work requirements aren't as rigorous, and by that mainly, I mean that the work requirement isn't as rigorous. Uh, there is no work requirements for an enrolled agent. They just have to pass the exam and, um, and a couple other uh, requirements there, which is mainly uh, no back taxes and just really are within good standing in the IRS. Um, but that's, that's the requirements to become an enrolled agent. But on the other hand, the exam is a very specialized exam. Um, it, can, it focuses completely on tax. There's no other aspects of it. Um, the, there's three parts, like I mentioned. The first part is individual. second part is business. And third part is uh, the client representation. So it shows how to properly, um, what forms to file on that uh, to represent a client in an audit. But I, myself, as of the time this audio blog was created, have passed parts one and two. I just need to find time to get back and do the client representation, and then I'll have the enrolled agent exam certification for me. And I can personally say that those tests are—they're uh, not easy tests. They're you know, i have dealt with tax for numerous years. I, uh, you know, throughout school and work, and I have, uh, you know, I, I had to study for that test. So enrolled agent just shows that you you understand tax you you really understand tax and you can represent taxpayers doing that um, on the flip side maybe enrolled agents aren't financial accountants maybe they don't understand financial accounting as much it's not saying they, they don't same with cpas you know you have some enrolled agents who really do understand both sides of it but a enrolled agent you're at least going to know that they they specialize in tax and they understand or they understand tax because that's what they're uh their certification is in and that doesn't mean that you can't be an enrolled agent and a a CPA that wouldn't make as much sense because CPAs have all uh, they can represent anywhere um, in an audit just like enrolled agent can so it wouldn't really make as much sense to become a CPA and an enrolled agent outside of the fact that you're just showing your clients that you do specialize in um, you know if you're a CPA and enrolled agent that could mean one or two things I guess that could mean you really specialize in tax or specialize in both uh, both categories there but that's the enrolled agent um not a very well known certification but it is growing in popularity uh the test is issued directly through the irs so it's the program that they have and then enrolled agents they uh, like many certifications they have to pass continuing education requirements to make sure that they're keeping up on tax which is definitely important in taxes it's ever changing uh, you know it, Really depends on the political party that's in office, but it seems like they're always trying to change something with tax. And um, so, IRS they, or enrolled agents definitely need to uh, keep up on this. And that is uh, a, a specialized certification and something to look out for if you are needing a tax expert. I strongly believe that enrolled agents are a good go-to source for questions. You know, you, whether it be to fact-check um, things you're hearing from another tax preparer, CPA. Or just going to them first. Um, they can like so they can they can help you out with audits. They can help out with tax returns, and they're tax people. So if you're looking for a uh, a tax issue or somebody to address, help you out with taxes, enrolled agents a so good certification to look for when you're doing your roots. Sorry, research there. All right, on to the number cruncher, a derogatory term for an accountant a.k.a. any of the positions listed above. Please do not call your accountant a number cruncher. So, obviously, uh, this is not a technical term, not a, uh, a position title that anybody holds, that I know of anyway. Uh, I threw that in there just to uh, kind of replace an emphasis on the fact that just because you deal with numbers does not mean that you understand or that you specialize in every category of financial and tax accounting, you yeah, know, number crunchers, they do all share a love for numbers. That's no doubt there. But at the same time, do so do math people. Um, and uh, you can ask really any accountant. I think uh, most would agree on this. That, And this really, is <laughs> this always raises eyebrows, too, when people hear this. They always look at you funny. But accountants do not like math. they I mean, mental math, yes, obviously we're quick with math. But accountants do not like uh, geometry they, or algebra. It just it's not, it's completely different from accounting. Accounting, we, you know, we're principals. We, we know, how to apply that. Math is, it's just, it's a different breed. It's kind of like, uh, financial accounting and tax. You know, it's, they share a number, number love, but it's two different things. And, uh, I, myself, I, like I said, I have a, a master's in accounting and I do not, I, you, you gave me an algebra book and you'll, uh, you'll see me run. So I, uh, it's, uh, it's easy to get those two confused, but something to be aware of there. All right, so those are the main titles and, I guess, a couple certifications there with the CPA enrolled agent. Um, I wanted to go over other certifications in this field. They, As this area continues to become more complex and specialized, many organizations have been created to offer certifications showing specializations throughout the field. Most of these are relatively new and unheard of to the public, but they are continuing to grow and someday I believe an emphasis on these will take precedence over the traditional bag terminology. Uh, Something I covered with the CPA, there's a lot of certifications coming up that show a specialization in certain fields or industries, so I think, you know, although they're not well known right now, I think down the road they are going to really serve a great purpose And I think people are going to be more cognizant of these specialized certifications um, in hiring people for their direct problem or task at hand here. Um, So jumping in these certifications, the first one is a certified financial planner, a CFP. I was reluctant to include this one in the accounting field. Um, They are, although they are, the certification is something that's carried by a lot of, uh, not a a lot of, but some accountants there. But the certified financial planner to me is a little different. Um, They're not going to really be the ones out dealing with your financial statements or a lot of times I'm in business stuff. A certified financial planner is more of a personal finance. Um, At least every certified financial planner I know or I've listened to. I know every once in a while I'll listen to Good Financial Sense podcast with Jeff Rose, who Jeff is a certified financial planner, and I you don't hear him talk too much about business. Uh, he'll, he'll talk about how he started up his business and uh, items like that, but you don't really hear him telling how to plan for a business or business financial planning. That's something that, that really does relate back more to a CPA. Um, I see a lot of CPAs will do something like that, but a certified financial planner—they're going to be your personal finance. Um, doesn't mean that obviously you can't translate that into business, but yeah, you know, the certified financial planner is really going to specialize in investments, uh, expense management, debt reduction, retirement planning, investments, and so on. Uh, when I think of a certified financial planner, obviously I jump to uh, Jeff Rose because I listen to his podcast. Really, don't listen to his podcast for the personal finance portion of it as much um yeah although i do i do gain a lot of valuable information from that but working in banking for five years and my education i feel like i have a little bit better upper hand on that than most but i just like listen jeff he's a he's a fun guy to listen to um does really well with his podcast and you know he does give some great tips kind of some life motivation tips there too um so that's So listen there, but something Let's do if you want to uh, increase your personal finance. But the, the CFP certification is issued by the CFP board. All right, on to the next. A certified fraud examiner, the CFE. The CFE credential denotes proven expertise in fraud prevention, detection, and deterrence. CFEs are trained to identify the warning signs and red flags that indicate evidence of fraud and fraud risk. CFEs help protect the global economy by uncovering fraud and implementing processes to prevent fraud from occurring in the first place the CFE certification is issued by the Association of certified fraud examiners uh, certified fraud examiner exactly how the what the name implies they they know how to look for fraud uh, they're uh, you know and they know how to look for fraud and as mentioned they are good at fraud prevention um, just in going through you know, their experiences and collaboration with other CFEs. They they're good at developing practices and regulations that help prevent fraud. Um you'll you'll see a lot of this in big situations such as Enron. I'm sure there's a whole I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's a whole flock of uh CFEs that helped with that case and uh helped design the Dodd-Frank Act. So a CFE, if you have any, uh, if you think that your company might have any fraud, whether it be your bookkeeping or a employee is doing something they shouldn't be doing, uh, if it's a complex issue, if it's set up well by this fraudster, internal fraudster, it might take somebody with the specialization of a CFE to look at it. Um, and if you've been in business for a while and you really just want to kind of do a health check on your business, it might not hurt to you. Hire them. Uh, you know exactly what they do, what they specialize in. You know, might not be somebody who's well at financial planning, but if you're looking for somebody to come in and look for fraud or analyze and see if you have fraud, it's. Uh, I would advise looking for somebody with a CFE designation. On to the next, a Certified Government Financial Manager (CGFM). CGFM is a professional certification recognizing the unique skills and special knowledge required of today's government financial managers. It covers governmental accounting, auditing, financial reporting, internal controls, and budgeting at the federal, state, and local levels. This certification is issued by the Association of Government Accountants, the AGA. Uh, sir I mean, as the name implies, them it's pretty uh, self-explanatory, also. But really, they just they have an emphasis in governmental accounting. Uh, again, so more power to them. A lot of respect to those guys. That's a that's a different breed. Takes a little bit extra work to specialize in that industry. So, um, if you're a governmental agency, I'm sure you're aware of this uh, designation. This isn't something you're going to use a lot of times in small business, but. It's a uh, it's a certification you'll come across as so something that you should be aware of, but something that you're likely not going to ever use in your lifetime if you continue as a profit small business. All right, moving on to the next, a certified internal auditor, the real CIA. The CIA credential was put in place to show advanced knowledge and skills in the internal audit field. The CIA certification is issued by the Institute of Internal Auditors. Um, the internal auditors, again, it's your, if you're going to have an internal audit department in your company, it's wise to have this uh, run by CIA. That's what they specialize in is internal audit. Uh, and it's important not to confuse a CIA, a certified internal auditor, with a CPA who does audit and attestation. They create audits, they create reviews. That's not what your certified internal auditor is gonna be doing. They're gonna be focusing more on internal controls. Make sure your internal controls are running properly. So if you're a, let's say if you're a bank and you have two people who have to insert their codes to get into a vault, your CIA is gonna be the one that comes through and checks the logs to make sure two people are signing in, and just ensuring that all internal controls are in place. So if your company reaches a sizable scale, I uh, I advise, I mean, even hiring them on uh, for an outsource, bring them in quarterly. Uh, obviously, if you get to a very large point, you essentially have to have an internal audit department. But this could be something, you know, even bringing in every once while just to come in and analyze your internal controls, make sure things up and running. Um, they're likely going to find something if they haven't been there recently. So and if you've implemented new changes. So something to consider for your new business, probably not something that's neat right off the bat, although it'd be helpful to get some controls in place, but um, just uh, a certification to look out for there. And that is the CIA that you do not have to be afraid of. <laughs> um, all right, next we have the Certified Management Accountant, the CMA. To me, this is one of the most popular designations in this group. Uh, The CMA shows mastery of critical accounting and financial management skills needed in today's job market. This is issued by the Institute of Management Accountants. Uh, I say one of the most popular designations in this group because, I mean, obviously I believe it is one of the most popular, but that doesn't mean that it's well known by everybody. Um, it's it's growing importance. I'm starting to see it on some job postings where they ask to be a CPA or a CMA. But what a CMA will specialize in is management accounting, which is interpreting numbers for management purposes. Um so it a lot of times that be good for a, a CFO to have you really you want obviously have somebody that can interpret it and give it to management or you know discuss it with management in ways that they can understand and use it. So that's what a CMA does. Whereas if you just do normal financial accounting that's going to be designed for other readers such as investors, creditors. Somebody that has a little bit more experience in dealing with these financials on an ongoing basis. But a management accountant is going to take your company numbers and interpret that for you, um, kind of in your terms there. So another uh, important designation, I think this is probably one that uh, a small business will start to come across a lot more often if you haven't already. So if you need somebody, uh, like I said, a CFO, anything of that nature, a CMA designation is something good to look out for. Um, I personally have not taken the exam yet. That is on the to-do list, uh, but I've I've studied for it. I've, I'm a member of the Institute of Management Accountants, and so I've been to a lot of meetings. That just going to talk, talking, really a great group. Uh, I think they're doing good things there. I think it's going to be, like I said, a growing certification. Really a growing organization just showing the importance of management accounting versus, I mean, it's still financial accounting, but it's just the way you interpret it. So CMA, good designation, uh, something to keep an eye out for. And like I said, if you need a CFO or anything of that nature and they have that designation, that might be something to look into further. All right, last but certainly not least, the certified public bookkeeper. Uh, So I just included this one, the certified public bookkeeper, this accreditation displays bookkeeping knowledge, skill, experience, and ethics to clients and employers. Bookkeeping is a role many think that they can do, but the certification makes it easier for clients to decipher and choose qualified clients. The certification that I am talking about is issued by the National Association of Public Bookkeepers, This is one that I feel very strongly about, obviously a very biased opinion, work in the bookkeeping industry, and I am a certified public bookkeeper, so another bias there, but the bookkeeping is a thing that we don't have, I, I, I want to say no regulations on. To my knowledge, there's no regulations. I feel like I'm probably missing a small step there, but anybody can really become a bookkeeper. Um, and that's that's the dangerous part about bookkeeping. It really does surprise me. It's 2016. You would think we'd have some regulatory action on bookkeeping by now. But really, anybody can uh, claim they can be a bookkeeper. And this can be dangerous for anybody because, I mean, like I said, bookkeeping is one of those deals where you just you don't – it's hard for somebody who isn't well-versed or a non-professional, I guess, to catch – improper bookkeeping practices you know if you see a glaringly obvious uh if you have a negative expense or if you if your cash balance is negative uh, yeah just little things like that that are glaringly obvious that you'll catch but for the most part a bookkeeper can fake it if they don't know what they're doing they can fake it so i think it's very important to look for a certification on that um, i like these organizations like the national association of public bookkeepers I think they'll be the type of organizations that really get uh, the ball rolling on having some regulatory action on bookkeeping, something I think we absolutely need to have. So, And, again, I'm surprised that there hasn't been anything. uh, It's 2016, but hopefully soon. Um, I I can't remember. I want to say there's three different organizations that offer a certified bookkeeping designation. I, uh, I looked into all three of them. It's been a while ago. Um, I went to the National Association of Public Bookkeepers. I just I really like their layout. I like their test the most. I think it, it did a good job of covering a lot of fundamentals there. Um, really, you do have to know what you're talking about with accounting uh, to pass those tests. So I uh, I think there was one that's called just a CB. I can't remember who that was through, and I think there's one more. I can't remember. It's been it's been a while, but. Um, something to look out for. So if you see the CPB designation, you know they passed. You gotta pass the accounting, payroll. Um, it's four part tests, and it's I, I can't remember all four parts now, but um, it does do a good job of covering everything. And um, that way, you at least know you're you're doing, dealing with somebody who knows what they're doing when hiring a bookkeeper. So good designation to look out for. Definitely doesn't have much popularity right now, but I think it'll be growing. As I mentioned, I think they'll be they'll be huge and um, making a regulatory change on bookkeeping. All right, so that is the recap. As uh, you know, with any of these terms, we'll do in general conversation, uh, it's you know not uh, it's not improper to use accountant in the general text or a bookkeeper in general text. But on the other hand, it is important to understand the specializations of every role for your business. Um, Once your company reaches the point of multiple accountants, you want to avoid hiring something like hiring a CFP to run your accounting department simply because they're number people. You know, while uh, the CFP might be able to implement some differences such as, you know, investments and little things they can translate into business, you don't want to have, you know, a CFP uh, analyzing your financial statements or creating financial statements or anything of that nature. So... You know, as with uh, attorneys, attorneys have specializations, doctors have specializations, uh, accountants have specializations also. I just, I, I wrote this blog to make sure everybody is aware that, you know, you can't just become trusting in one specialization and, you know, there's different uh, certifications for, your, for what you're looking for, um, the task at hand, whether it be recurring or a one-time task, so Something to look out for, something to uh, become aware of. I hope this blog helped decipher, uh, helped educate the differences here. And uh, until next time, take care.